interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. The entire wall's texture scaled to one thousandth of a size. Hey, it's Coolio, if you don't know, and it is time, wouldn't you guess it, wouldn't you know it, for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in, um, well, it's, it's, it's a nice day out there in Halifax. It is. It's just getting a bit chilly because it is October after all. We're done with this whole um, rigmarole that is known as summer, but yeah, it's still the end of the week. It's a long weekend this week. We're just going to, you know, relax. Take the, uh, take, make the most of it is what I'm trying to say. Um, and we can start by making the most of it by looking at what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. It's been a bit of a quiet week this week, but that's okay. They can't all be uh, flurries of videos by Scarlet, especially since I guess Scarlet is um, going to be a parent soon. I fear for the world. But uh, no, it's <laughs> he is a cool guy, okay? He's a cool guy. We just like to poke fun at him because he he's our little Billy MC. Um, so what's new over at lowbiasgaming.net? Well, we have two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII, two new episodes of Little King's Story, and a new Let's Play part of the, um, I think, the, yeah, it's the October 2018 Low Bias Monthly Gun which is also my favorite flavor of uh, Power Thirst. But no, it's um, Games with a Western theme is this month's monthly. So um, I guess hang on for that. There's going to be some kind of interesting stuff. We, all, we already have Mad Dog McCree in that uh, category. And um, I think I can find something a little different to do once I finally get around to doing all these slow bias monthlies, which will be soon. I hope. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, let's uh, get on to some showtime here. We got some music. We got some stuff. We got some stuff that we've already heard. But I'll we'll get to that in uh, a moment as the um, as we get to that point. All right? All right. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And, uh, yes, music time, guys.
Almost kind of a Star Trek feel to the end of that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Miyoko Takaoka and Masanori Hikichi and is the title theme for today's game from the archives. A boy's curiosity triggers events that leads to the resurrection of life to this planet. In the distant past, a calamitous struggle between light and dark took place on this planet. The clash of the two opposing powers scoured the planet's surface entirely of life, and those two forces fell into a deep sleep. In the world on the inside of the planet, there exists just one small village of Krista. Ark, a mischievous teenage boy, somehow causes a crisis in the village that makes him necessary to leave. His trip to save his fellow villagers eventually becomes a journey across time to resurrect the planet. On his epic journey, Ark must resurrect continents, revive all forms of life, and re-establish civilization. What fate awaits Ark at the end of his journey? So this is Terranigma. It's an action RPG game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, yes. It's uh, developed by Quintet, published by Nintendo, and released in 1996 interestingly enough was never released officially in North America uh, so this is the European uh, version that is being played by our good buddy Jason over at lowbiasgaming.net but uh, yeah it's the translation is kind of on par with uh, with Quintet slash Enix games of the time but it's still an interesting end to the uh, Soul Blazer trilogy so 32 videos there. Give it a look. You might like it.
that was Zeiss, uh, Zeiss, X-Y-C-E anyway, with Ombre. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM, Halifax. Welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And as is the case with most of these episodes, by which I mean pretty much all of them, it is now time for the news of the weird. Uh, as previously stated, I am looking for something similar to News of the Weird, but not exactly it uh, in the same sort of digest format as News of the Weird is, so that I'm not reading the same thing as Jason from Electric Leftovers every week. Uh, although I think I'm reading them ahead of him now because of their being updated on Fridays. Anyway, uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to let me know on Twitter at SquareSimSYM. Uh, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these may not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story, speaking of, Undignified Deaths. Hmm. We actually have two of these. It's rare that we have two leading stories, but, you know, whatever. A husband and wife have been exposed as murderers and cannibals in Krasnodar in southern Russia, reported the Express on September 28th. Natalia Bakshiva, 43, has confessed confessed to killing and eating dozens of victims with her husband, Dmitry, 35, over 18 years. Investigators were tipped off to the couple's gruesome culinary tastes after a 35-year-old waitress, Elena Vash. Vashrusheva and Natalia fought over accusations that Vashrusheva was flirting with Dmitri. Natalia ordered her husband to kill Vashrusheva. Following this demand, the man took out the knife that he always kept in his bag and stabbed the woman twice in her chest. The, w- the victim died from her injuries on the spot, investigators reported. Police charged Natalia with one count of goading her husband into killing the woman after they found, quote, steamed pickled and frozen human remains belonging to Vashrusheva in the couple's kitchen. A photo found in their apartment from 1999 showed a human head served as dinner garnished with mandarin oranges. Dimitri, who has tuberculosis, will be charged at a later date. Hmm. Seems to me it doesn't really matter when he's charged. He just needs to go away for a little while. That's... Moving along to another undignified death, hopefully less gruesome. Tutan Nguyen, 32, of uh, Sunnyvale, California, made two crucial mistakes while she was visiting uh, Pictured Rocks uh, National Lakeshore in Michigan on September 19th. First, Nguyen was hiking alone, reporting WLUC News, but her fatal error was stopping at a point along the North uh, Country Trail to take selfies, where she slipped and fell 200 feet to her death in Lake Superior. Two kayakers witnessed her fall and retrieved her body, which they moved to Chapel Beach. However, first responders were unable to revive her. 
Selfies. The silent killer, I suppose. <clears throat> uh, our next story, which uh, well, looks a little more jovial anyway. Bold moves. Three cheeky raccoons jolted a Toronto, Ontario woman awake late on uh, September 18th when they broke into her kitchen. Jenny Serwilo, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, heard noises coming from her kitchen and approached the critters with a broom, which scared away two out of the three. But a third wooden budge barricaded behind her toaster and uh, behind her toaster oven and munching on a package of English muffins. He was like, I'm eating, get out of here, Sir Willow told the Toronto Star. She tried calling authorities but couldn't get any help and her contest of wills with the raccoon lasted for more than half an hour. I was growling at him and hissing at him, she said. As, the point, uh, as she pointed the broom handle at the animal, it would grab the end and yank it really hard, she quotes. Finally, having consumed all the bread in the kitchen, the raccoon calmly went out the window, which Cirillo locked behind it. Toronto Animal Services spokesman Bruce Hawkins told the star that such encounters are unusual, but you be the judge. The city has created a guide for residents about how to deal with raccoon intrusions. Six months later, Toronto was rebranded Raccoon City. We don't need to be reminded of what happens when a city is named Raccoon City. The passing parade, ladies and gentlemen. Gender reveal events in which un in, in which unexpected no, in which expect expectant parents creatively announce the sex of their unborn children are taking on increasingly more ridiculous and in some cases dangerous proportions. To wit, Border Patrol agent Dennis Dickey, 37, pleaded guilty on September 28th to accidentally starting the April 2017 sawmill fire which burned 47,000 acres in and around Madera Canyon in Arizona, prompting evacuations and closing highways, according to the Arizona Daily Star. It all started when Dickey and his pregnant wife hosted a gender reveal party at which he shot a target containing tannerite, an explosive substance, and colored powder signifying the child's gender. When the target exploded, it, nearby, it caught nearby brush on fire, and Dickey immediately reported the wildfire and admitted he had started it. Dickey will pay $220,000 in restitution as he is expected to keep his job. Is it really fair to be doing gender reveals anymore? Seems like the lines between genders have kind of gotten like super blurred and I don't think this is really appropriate to do anymore. Um, yeah, anyway, let us move on to another story with a headline that much could have um, fit the previous story, as is usually the case with News of the Weird. Oops. Things got tense for passengers on a Go Air flight from New Delhi to Padna, India on September 22nd when a first-time flyer mistook an emergency exit door for the restroom. Travel and Leisure magazine reported that fellow passengers asked the man in his 20s what he was doing, to which he replied that he, quote, needed to use the washroom urgently, end quote, and returned to tugging at the door. 
Airport official Mohammed Sanwar Khan explained, quote, pandemonium per- Excuse me. Pandemonium prevailed, and he was restrained. He said that the confusion happened because he had boarded a flight for the first time in his life. The unnamed traveler was questioned at the Patna airport. You know, I, I still kind of remember the first time that I took a flight. Um, I was scared, and then I looked down, and then I wasn't scared anymore. I don't know, there's, there is something for everyone. When you're taking your first flight, there is something that is just going to take you out of the mindset of, oh my goodness, I'm up in the air, I'm freaking out here, and then there's something that you do that just... everything's okay, right? Maybe not everyone, but there's usually something. So, keep that in mind. Our next story, what? Is that a problem? The Wagner Funeral Home in Jordan, Minnesota made news on September 26th when a judge released the details of a ruling against the mortuary for, among other violations, storing jarred applesauce in the same room where embalming takes place. Joseph Wagner, who runs the funeral home, was just helping out his brother, who owns nearby Wagner Brothers Orchard, and needed some extra storage space, according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. But the, the Minnesota Department of Health took issue with the jars being stored adjacent to a hazardous waste container where blood and other waste from the embalming, embalming process are disposed of and under an emergency shower and blocking an emergency eyewash station. Wagner was ordered to correct the violations and pay a $5,000 penalty. I assume they're talking about the Wagner at the funeral home, not the other ones. Just because they're not being used doesn't mean that you get to use that space for other things. If there is an emergency, you need to be ready. That is always true. What's in a name? Well, we'll find out with two of these. In the remote town of Yungar, Peru, two candidates for a mayor with remarkable names are duking it out. Local politician Hitler Alba Sanchez, who served as mayor from 2011 to 2014, has been challenged by Lenin Vladimir Rodriguez Valverde. Wow. Those are names. Um, yes. Sanchez told The Independent that his parents had been unaware of the Nazi connection to his name when he was born, but even after realizing its origins, his father liked it because it, quote, sounded foreign. Peruvians are known for choosing foreign-sounding first names for their children. Last year, Peru's junior football team featured a player named Osama Bin Laden. What? People, I mean, this is, this is a far cry from someone legally rename, renaming themselves McLovin. Your your children are stuck with these names unless they pay em enormous amounts of money to have them changed later. Oh boy, I just saw the name in the next story, and it's <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> 
Election season brings out the funny name stories. In Belgium, a 26-year-old Luke Anus is running for a council seat in the city of Lobs. But when he tried to incorporate social media into his campaign strategy, he hit a snag. Facebook wouldn't allow him to use his last name. The candidate didn't miss a beat, though the, he changed his online name to Luke Anu. Metro News reported that there are 49 people in Belgium with the last name Anus. Well, at least he's not alone. Um, I, I don't know. Obviously, it means. Well, then, then again, this is Belgium. The main language of Belgium is French. Moving on. Just let's move on. Let's move on. Recent. Anyway, recent alarming headline at a Port Orange, Florida. Walmart on September 28th, Tracy Nye and her eight-year-old daughter were taking a break on a bench inside the store when 81-year-old Helmuth Kolb approached them and asked if Nye was married. He didn't seem like a threat at first, Nye told WKMG-TV, but then Kolb started offering to buy the little girl. The first amount was 100000 the second amount was 150000 and the final amount was $200,000, Nye said. I then said, no, we have to go. They rose to leave, but Cole grabbed the girl's wrist and kissed it. Nye alerted store security and the encounter was recorded, recorded on surveillance video. Another woman reported a similar incident. Cole was arrested and charged with simple battery and false imprisonment. False imprisonment? What even is that? Mm. Weird people, man. Weird people. I will buy your children for the entire net worth of my blood. That didn't even make any sense, Coolio. Let's just move on. Nature calls. Oh boy. Neither rain nor sleet nor need of a bathroom break could stop a postal carrier from delivering the mail and so much more to a Memphis, Tennessee resident. Fox 13 reported that uh, September 28th that a homeowner's surveillance camera captured the postman looking around as he walked up the home's front porch and urinating as he approached the mailbox. As he approached the mailbox? Mm. He then placed mail inside the box and continued on his rounds, leaving a trail of urine on the porch and steps. The homeowner told Fox 13 he still hasn't touched his mailbox because he's worried what could be on it. A spokesperson for the USPS says they are investigating the incident. I'll say. And our final story, inexplicable. An employee at the Manassas, Virginia giant supermarket had a memorable day at work on September 15th when he spotted Michael Dwayne Johnson, 27, in the produce aisle. As the employee watched, Metro News reported Johnson pulled down his pants, picked up a piece of produce, and rubbed it on his buttocks. Then he replaced the produce on the display and pulled his pants back up. Manassas police charged Johnson with indecent exposure and destruction of property after the store was forced to destroy several pallets of fruit. Police did not release a motive. I realize it's not him, but with that name, I was just imagining The Rock 
rubbing produce on his butt. Let's move on, shall we? It is time to talk about today's weather. And it is currently 13 degrees here in Halifax um, and partly cloudy. Uh, partly cloudy will remain in effect tonight with a low of 7 degrees. Tomorrow, Saturday, October 6th, mainly sunny and a high of 15, going down to a low of 8 and partly cloudy at night. Sunday, October 7th, 30% chance of showers and a high of 13, going down to a low of 7 and cloudy periods at night. Monday, October 8th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 14, going down to a low of 7 and uh, cloudy periods at night. Tuesday, October 9th, a 30% chance of showers throughout the day, 17 degrees high and 12 degrees low. Uh, Wednesday, October uh, 10th, 30% chance of showers and a high of 15, going down to a low of 11 and 6% chance of showers at night. And that 6% chance will remain on Thursday, October 11th, with a high of 15 degrees. There's also a special weather statement that I have missed. Large swells and possible rip currents for Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia tonight and Saturday. Swell waves arriving along Atlantic-facing coastlines of Nova Scotia will generate conditions favorable to the, de to the development of rip currents and pounding surf tonight and Saturday. These swell waves and pounding surf are not expected to cause any damage. However, persons near the coast are advised to keep a safe distance from the shorelines as a result of the rapid approach of large waves. Conditions should gradually improve beginning Saturday and evening and into Sunday. So that's the weather. That's the news. Here's some music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was A Fight You Can't Win by Purely Grey, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and this is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. There is something from the second season that uh, unfortunately couldn't be saved in the um, the CKDU archive. There was some sort of problem. I don't know what it was. But uh, as a result, and since I am doing this podcast thing here and uh, only uh, providing... Well, so far anyway only doing up uh like season three and onward uh i thought i would share this with you once more and if you're around the first time i read this then you're gonna have to sit through it again nothing else i can tell you (laughs) anyway this is what i like to call the not quite life and inaccurate times of christopher walken christopher walken was born in astoria new york in 1943 At a very young age, he was seen walking around the Christmas tree, which soon led to him walking in a winter wonderland. Although come spring as the snow melted, he ended up making do with just walking on water. In school, he always managed to be walking the walk, which led to him calling himself the King of New York. Clearly, he had a wild sign and was walking toward greatness. Eventually, Christopher Walken grew up. Way up. Walking tall. Six feet tall, in fact. He lived in Toledo for a while where he often sought the comfort of strangers. At one point, he developed a taste for popcorn shrimp during his time hanging out with some pool some pool hall junkies. He almost overdid it, but was able to kick the addiction before he reached Heaven's Gate. After asking himself, who am I this time, he realized that it was time for him to kiss Toledo goodbye and he moved to Tennessee. One day, while he was walking in Memphis, he met his future wife, Georgianne. They definitely did click together. Their relationship seemed to have met a deadline at one point, however, when she moved and when she moved to Denver for a business affair. However, as he felt that this was a true romance, he set off after her in his car. Suddenly, due to the excess baggage he was carrying, he ran into engine trouble at close range of the New Rose Hotel. He, packed, he unpacked his boots as those boots were made for walking, and the next day he was seen walking 500 miles and then walking 500 more just to be the man who was walking a thousand miles to fall down at her door. Incidentally, he also had plans to get a walking vest from a specialized tailor. He was walking after her, but the tailor was too swift for him, yelling, catch me if you can. It didn't help that he was barefoot in Athens at the time, walking on broken glass for parts of it. How's that for a blast from the past? As it happens, he got there at the nick of time, as there were seven psychopaths around the bend who aimed to search and destroy. Fortunately, after a quick brainstorm brainstorm with Kenneth walking, they managed to trap them in in the happiness cage. Whenever someone asks... Uh, how the how he ever managed that so quickly? He always replies, "Me and my brother." 
With them out of the way, he was free to spend time with Georgianne, and he was walking on sunshine. However, at one point he went too far, so much that he might have been he might as well have been walking on the sun. Needless to say, he became a man on fire and got reduced to ashes. Ashes? Ashes. <laughs> have YouTube on the brain. The funeral was the envy of Roseland. How, uh, fortunately, like a walk in Phoenix, his body was reconstituted, but for a while he ended up becoming part of the walk in Dead. Rather, rather than stay in the dead zone trying to find things to do in Denver when you're dead, he saw a group of gods behaving badly who granted him nine lives after beating him in a game of dominoes. Returned to life, he had a vendetta and hired the deer hunter to shoot the sun down. Turns out, however, that the, this was all a scam as this hunter was trying to obtain the Anderson tapes. You know, the ones with Tommy Lee... <laughs> Never mind, that's probably not appropriate for this time slot. Anyway, the, um... <clears throat> yes, the two lived and worked there for a while until they were given their walking papers. At that point, they decided to find a new path. Next stop, Greenwich Village, he said. It was a bit shaky for a while as they were living on $5 a day by ha selling hairspray. Things got a little sorted there, however, as he found a mistress named Annie Hall, though she had introduced herself as Betty. She was truly one of America's sweethearts. Tabloids caught wind of this and eventually... Uh, when they caught a picture of him undertaking Betty as he was buying her jewelry, it was in all the headlines as the affair of the necklace. George Yan gave him two options, either he was walking away or she was walking out. He chose wisely, but he did give Betty one last embrace. Things settled down and they got married. Beautiful ceremony, though it was delayed by a late quartet and, the, and was almost ruined by a couple of wedding crashers. They drove off into their Buick Skylark to Wilton, Connecticut, where they now live. Th these have been the not-quite-life and inaccurate times of Christopher Walken. Some of it is true, but really, most of it is just pure pulp fiction. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get some more music going, shall we?
And that was Game Genie Sokolov with Venus Landing. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, I have found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. Now, this is on Kotaku. It's written by Gita Jackson, and oddly enough, this story was written at midnight, or it was posted at midnight. My new alarm wakes me up with mini games, and it works, but at what cost? I've been having trouble waking up on time recently, so I downloaded a new alarm for my phone. Uh, that makes me play a minigame before it turns off. It's the best and worst decision I've ever made. I have no idea why I don't have any energy right now, but I'm sleeping through my alarms with a startling regularity. I've been going to the doctor, drinking less caffeine, going to bed earlier, and doing all that grown-up stuff, but that doesn't solve my problem of needing to get up on time. Since my three alarms, including one that simulates a sunrise, don't seem to be working, I finally turn to a rocket alarm, an app that makes you play a short minigame before it turns off. These games range from doing math problems to tilting your phone to avoid asteroids for 10 seconds to blowing in the microphone. One game makes me smile at the camera for 5 seconds. The good news is that it works. I wake up and am fully awake once the alarm turns itself off. The bad news is that these games infuriate me. Math problems are hard enough for me. I have a learning disability that makes all the numbers kind of look the same, which is, which is aggravated even more when I'm groggy. The rest of these games require enough of my attention that I truly wake up and am fully conscious, but at what cost? Playing these games while I'm half asleep feels like trying to nail a quick time event when you didn't even know you were supposed to be playing a game and also someone is shouting at you. Take the game where you have to smile at the camera. It's just while smiling at your phone, but it still manages to be tricky enough that I start my day mad. And I don't know if it's because I do these games in a mostly dark room or because I have darker skin, but Rocket Alarm does not seem to register that I am smiling unless I angle the phone in a particular way. But also the whole reason I downloaded this app is because I'm not a morning person. The last thing I want to do before 9 in the morning is smile. The game where you have to tilt your phone to avoid asteroids is even more frustrating. But that I realize that's the point. There are games that are supposed to lift you fully out of your sleep so you're not tempted to hit snooze again. The first time the Asteroids game came up, I didn't even understand how to play it, so that really added to the experience. As I've explained, my early morning self can't fully process information, which includes the instructions for a game. The Asteroids came up on my game uh, on my first try, on my first ever try at shutting off the alarm, which also, by the way, was playing a loud song that only contained the lyrics "Hey baby, baby, wake up." I kept, I kept tilting my phone upwards, thinking I had to make the ship leave the screen. No dice. Once I realized that I was supposed to be avoiding the asteroids, I gave it my best effort, but once you know it, tilting a phone around doesn't actually give you the best accuracy for avoiding projectiles. Every time I was hit uh, by an asteroid, another two seconds got added to the clock. I only got I only had to avoid asteroids for ten seconds. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure I wasn't able to. Uh, uh, to get the alarm to turn off for a good minute. I am grateful for this alarm because I wake up on time. Still, it's not awesome to wake up a little bit angry every day. On the whole, this is net gain and I know it. I just hope my sleep schedule rests, uh, resets soon 
that can delete this thing as soon as possible. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that last song was Folded Space by Guérin from uh, Chiptunes Equals Win Volume 7. And that's it. That's all for today. Uh, that News of the Weird was a little longer than I thought it would be, so I'm going to have to cut this pretty short. But uh, I'm, I have enough time to let you know that Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manama Namiki, Noriki Kamikura, Simon Woodington, Smiletron, Pink, and Pink Projects, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show, coming up next on CKDU followed by the Witching Hour at 7pm and at 8.30 anything goes with CKDU Surprise. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch with uh, with me on Twitter at squaresim S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'll be back, of course, next week with some more stuff. But until then, I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.